Hey guys, so in this video, we are going over the step-by-step -step process of buying your first rental or investment property. This video will be aimed specifically at beginners, but I think anyone will find it useful. We'll talk about how to prepare for buying your first home, getting pre-approved for a residential mortgage, actually finding and then closing on a property, as well as of course, how to make money from real estate investing. Just some quick background about myself. My name is Charlie and I am a real estate broker living in Southern California. I have my own investment property and I've also been brokering loans since 2013. So yeah, hopefully that gives you guys a reason to listen to what I'm saying. There are tons of ways to invest in real estate. For example, REITs, which stands for Real Estate Investment Trusts, Fix and Flips, Long-Term Rentals, Buying Multi-Units, and a lot more. In this video, we are focusing on long-term residential rentals, as well as buying multi-unit properties to rent out. I think this is the goal that most people have. They want to invest in multi-unit rentals. And of course, there is a good reason. Many people make a lot of money with these types of investment properties. So here are some of the ways of making money while investing in real estate. The first one is appreciation. And this is when the value of the house goes up. Now, in many parts of the country, we've seen prices skyrocket in the last few decades. And as a result, some people have made a ton of money. For example, in Palo Alto, where I was raised, home prices used to be like three, four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. Now they are easily two to three to four million dollars. Now, of course, not every area is gonna have that high rate of appreciation, then very likely you will see appreciation. The second is paying towards the principal of the loan. When you have a mortgage and you're making your monthly payment, part of that money goes to principal, aka your equity, and part of that goes to interest. Now, whatever money you're putting into the principal, the equity, that's like a forced savings account. You're increasing the percent of the home that you actually own, and therefore at some point when you sell the house, you're gonna get that money back. So yeah, I do refer to this as a less liquid savings account. All right, the third way you make money through real estate investment Investing is through rental income. And the best case scenario is when you have positive cash flow. This means that all your rental income is higher than your mortgage, your property taxes, and any other fees you're paying to maintain the place. Besides the money part, there are tons of other pros to real estate investing as well. For example, you get tax advantages and you get diversification. Millionaires say that real estate is the best way to invest money for a reason. It's made a lot of people very rich and it allows people to leverage money at extremely low interest rates, aka your mortgage, and control something that normally you would not be able to control. In this case, a house that's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, a lot of people also think that to invest in real estate, they need to buy a gigantic like 15 unit apartment complex. Nope, that is definitely not the case. You can start very small with real estate investing. Even buying your own home, I consider that investing in real estate. That's why it's so exciting and it's a type of investing that grows with you. You can start small with your own home or small investment property and then work your way up to larger and larger units. Now, let's talk about all the steps that are required in order to get your first property. It's not as simple as, you know, just going out there and buying a property. There's a lot of prep and you have to build up your finances in order to safely buy a home without going broke. Okay, step one is your credit score. And I have this first because this is something that you can start at any age. Like yes, even if you're 15 years old, you can start working on your credit right now. Your credit score sort of defines your finances for the rest of your life. So that's why it's so important. For example, it determines who trusts to lend you money and how much money they're willing to lend you. It determines your interest rates. It determines getting approved for loans. Now, is it always fair like this credit score system? Not always, but it is a system that if you know how it works, you can definitely have a top tier credit score without too much effort. So the FICO score is what lenders look at when they determine if you're eligible or not for a loan. Your FICO score is made up of payment history at 35%, credit utilization at 30%, length of credit history at 15%, mix of credit types at 10%, and the number of 
of recent applications at 10% as well. This is important because as you can see, payment history is extremely important. You don't want to miss any payments or have anything go into default. Now, when you're trying to buy a house, I always tell people the optimal score you should be looking for is a 740 or above. I believe the average credit score in the US is 703, which is not too bad. And that will get you a favorable interest rate when you do apply for a loan. However, 740 plus is optimal. That's gonna get you the best rate and that is considered an exceptional credit score. I've made other videos about this in more detail, but when you have a really high credit score, the interest rate you get is significantly lower and in the long term, that's gonna save you thousands and thousands of dollars. What I recommend is if you're young, get your first credit card and start using credit cards instead of debit cards. Debit cards are good if you are scared of spending too much money, but if you wanna build your credit and you wanna build it the easy and fast way, make sure you get a credit card and use it wisely. If you're too young to have your own credit card or your credit just isn't high enough to actually get approved for a credit card of your own, what you can do is become an authorized user on one of your parents' cards. Now you have to make sure that your parent has good credit, of course, because you're essentially sharing that credit card with them and any payments done on that card goes towards building your own credit. My parents did that for me, and by the time I was ready to open up my own credit card, luckily I had a good enough score to do so. So yeah, start young and set yourself up for success. There are so many advantages of having a high credit score and you will thank me later. Number two is just to be in the game. And what I mean by this is know what real estate investing entails and know how to do it. The first thing I recommend is having a lot of knowledge in real estate investing. And to do that, there are things like podcasts, books, YouTube, you can pay for mentorship. There's tons of things you can do to learn about real estate investing. You'll also want to understand the financials of real estate investing. For example, how making money in real estate works, cash flow, calculating profit. There are so many things that you guys can learn about this. You can also follow people who do real estate investing as a living. You see their Instagram stories, see their behind the scenes, and just see how what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. And have a vision, have a goal set in mind that you want to achieve for real estate investing. Whether that's just owning a few small properties in your local area or owning properties across the country, set that vision and let that inspire you. This is the prep stage of real estate investing. You need to have a good foundation of what real estate investing means. And so if you are young, if you are not yet ready to buy a house, this is the step where you should just be preparing learning as much as you can. All right, the third step to getting your first real estate investment property is employment. And sadly, you cannot buy a house without a job. I mean, it sort of makes sense, but that's just the reality of it. And by job, I mean like a real job. You can't just you know sell things on Craigslist for fun. It needs to be stable and it has to be documented as well. This means you'll need tax records, you'll need W-2s, just anything that shows your income is stable and it's not just a one-time thing. From a lender's viewpoint, they're thinking, can this person afford to make these payments for the next 30 years? The last thing they want is for you to not be able to make your payments and for them to foreclose on the house. That's a lot of effort on their part and they just don't want to do that. So yeah, any cash you make on the side, that actually doesn't count as income in the lender's viewpoint. It has to be tax income, income that shows up on your tax return. Now, this is where people that have a traditional nine to five job, anything that has a W-2, have a huge advantage. It's very hard for entrepreneurs or self-employed people to actually qualify for a house. Unless, of course, you are a really established entrepreneur. Now, what I would say is if you are in this type of situation where it might be hard to prove your income, one thing you can do is try and find a co-signer. And this is probably gonna be a parent or relative who has a stable income and can help you get approved for that loan. Of course, you still have to be able to make those payments. You need to really trust that person and they really have to trust you as well. Because if you don't make those payments, then they're on the hook 
and their credit is gonna be screwed. The thing you have to look out for with your employment is look at your debt to income ratio. This is all your monthly payments divided by your pre-tax income. And this number has to be under 40 to 45%. It really depends on the lender. So take your pre-tax monthly income, multiply that by let's say 0.4, and that should be the max amount of money you spend on a house, on your mortgage, on your cars, on student loans, all that stuff added up together. That is why increasing your income is so important for real estate investing, especially if you're trying to buy bigger and bigger and bigger properties. All right, the fourth step is to hire a real estate agent in the area that you are looking at. Now, when you're hiring an agent, you're not gonna rely on them completely. They are your guide to the area and they should be an expert, but also if you want to really do this long-term, you need to be an expert as well. Ask your agent which locations, which pockets of neighborhoods are going to do well for the next 10 years. Really try and get their insight about the location as a whole. And I also recommend that you do your own research on this. Go to city-data.com and from there, you can look at the statistics of any city you put in there. You can look at past appreciation, you can look at the crime data, you can look at the population changes you can look at the school data it's all really important when trying to come up with a city that you want to invest in because like i mentioned earlier that first part of making money with real estate was appreciation and if you have appreciation on your side then you're going to make a lot more money on this property ask your real estate agent to send you deals whenever they pop up a lot of these deals they are snatched up very fast and that's why you want someone to always be on the lookout for you and send you deals when they pop up just keep looking keep looking and you know sometimes it takes people hundreds of homes before they actually find one house that makes sense and that they actually invest in. But with all this training and practice, you will learn how to spot deals and you'll know how to run numbers that tell you whether or not a deal is good. All right, the fifth step is to find a lender and get a pre-approval. Now that I think about this, maybe this step should actually be before finding a real estate agent and starting to look at homes. Actually, yes, you definitely need to talk to a lender before you start looking for homes. This is the boring part that no one actually cares about, but it's one of the most important parts. And the reason why it's so important is because they're gonna tell you how much house you can afford based on your income, based on the property type, based on the interest rates, down payment, and all these other factors. All these things come together and they determine what price range you should be looking at. And yeah, you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste your real estate agent's time. And yeah, so just know exactly how much you will be able to qualify for before you start looking at homes. Now, one thing I wanna say is when you are investing in investment properties and multi-unit properties, the lender will actually use about 50% of the projected rental income as your own future income. That way, for example, you can afford a multi-unit property with a bigger price tag than you would be able to afford a smaller property that is only a single family residence. So that's why it's important to talk to a lender. They're gonna say what type of property you're looking at and if it is a multi-unit property, then yeah, you can afford a more expensive home than if you were to just buy a condo or a single family house. The other thing that you will talk about with the lender is what loan program is right for you. Now, I think most of you guys are gonna go with an FHA or a conventional loan. Generally, an FHA loan is better for people with a lower credit score. They're definitely more forgiving in the area. But the good part about a conventional loan is that there are fewer fees. A lot of people also think that the only way you can put down a super low down payment is through an FHA loan, but that isn't the case. You can actually put 3% down with a conventional loan, but just know you will be paying private mortgage insurance. All right, so now that we have the mortgage stuff out of the way, now this is the step where you actually get an offer accepted and close on your property. This is step number six, but actually this step is like 100 different steps combined. You have to make offers, you have to negotiate, you have to work on repairs. This might take months or maybe even years to get an accepted offer, depending on your bidding strategy. I've heard people viewing maybe 10 homes, 20 homes, even up to 100 homes before they get an offer accepted. The shortest that I personally have seen is seven days on investment property. 
but also I have clients who have been looking for months and months without finding anything. It really is a complex process that your agent will take you through and can really help you with those negotiations, the repairs, and the whole escrow process. Once you do get an offer accepted, it's generally 30 days of escrow. And trust me, there are gonna be things that come up during escrow that make you super annoyed, but that is just the whole home buying process. One thing I wanna say is always do a home inspection. I've never seen a client lose money from doing a home inspection. Now, a home inspection generally costs let's say $400, $500. But now with that inspection report in your hands, you have a lot of leverage to ask for money from the seller. You can ask them for credits or you can have them actually repair things that need to be repaired before escrow closes. All right, the seventh and final step is to get the investment property rented out. Now, if you're buying a property for yourself, then obviously that's good. You just get to live there. But if you're buying a multi-unit, living one of the units and renting the other ones out, or you're just buying a property and leasing it out to tenants, you will have to go through the process of finding tenants screening them and renting the unit out. There are different ways you can do this and probably the easiest way is just to hire a property manager. They'll usually charge you one month's rent and then they'll charge between five to 10% of the rental income as their management fee. Or you know you can do it yourself. If the house is near you, then maybe you want to take on that by yourself and just learn from the process. The two most important things are knowing the market rent, and you can do this by looking on Zillow, looking on Hotpads, and seeing what comparable properties are renting for, and also the tenant screening process. You really wanna make sure that your tenant is stable, is gonna make the payments, and is not gonna give you a hard time. So congratulations, you guys watched this video, and you are one step ahead of most people. Most people never get into real estate investing because as you just saw, there are just so many steps and there's so much effort to get into your first investment property. There's so much to learn and this is a multi-step process. It can take months or even years. Therefore, there are so many points where you could just be like, all right, I don't wanna do this and decide to stop. So that's why I wanna tell you guys, just take action. If you're young, get started right now, start preparing and really get that knowledge of real estate investing into your head. It really is a complicated process. So I encourage you guys to refer back to this video or even more detailed videos as you are in the process. There's no way that you can remember all this information and just remember to implement it on your first try. You definitely will need some handholding, but that is totally okay. You know, every real estate investor starts out like that.